With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So great to have you on the podcast, Porter. We have a lot to talk about today with the NBA trade deadline in our rear view mirror. I'm going to talk about another meeting with a stranger that has turned into a heck of a friendship already, and it's been less than a week. And my rant today, well, I'll give you a little hint. It involves the father of a current player on the Sacramento Kings. And as always, our crowd ultra Q&A. So let's get going. But first, let me tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Hey, folks, when the clock winds down, a March B clutch, avoid the upset with the Manscaped Performance Package. Do you know that Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide? That's amazing. You know, the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and number one overall seed this season. Now, included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. You get the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer. It's the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. It checks every box for a final four run. And don't forget about their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. And if you get the performance package now, you'll receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. And another favorite of mine, their Crop Mop Wipes. It's awesome. Now, let me tell you, Manscaped has also partnered with the GOAT, Alex Caruso, in the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Now, you'll get 20% off and free shipping with the code NAPES, N-A-P-E-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code NAPES, N-A-P-E-S. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. All right, so we go to the NBA trades of yesterday. And I know Kings fans were hoping that there would be some big news. We heard about Marvin Bagley rumors earlier in the week. That did not happen. There were a lot of rumors involving Harrison Barnes that the Boston Celtics were very interested. That did not happen. So Harrison Barnes stays in Sacramento. And then Buddy Heald. The Kings were unable to make a deal and send Buddy Heald to another club. So they made a couple of minor deals. You know, after the game against the Atlanta Hawks, the Kings traded veteran backup point guard Corey Joseph for Dellen Wright, the Detroit Pistons. And I love Corey Joseph. 
I really do. What a consummate professional. Uh, just, I can't say enough good things about Corey Joseph. Any team would love to have a Corey Joseph. Just a consummate professional. I like the way he plays. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to score 24 every night, but he knows how to run a team, and uh, I wish him uh, the very best of luck. Then yesterday, the Kings made a deal with the Miami Heat, uh, sending Nemanja Bialica, who really was lost in a rotation. He wasn't playing. He goes to Miami for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva, the second-year man. You know, I actually think this is a good deal for both teams. I think Nemanja is going to really help Miami. He's going to stretch the floor. He knows how to play. He's a veteran. I think he's going to be a big help for Miami. And if you're Sacramento, I mean, you weren't playing him anyway. Now you get Mo Harkless, Chris Silva. I think you get better defensively. So I'm okay with this deal. You know, again, if you're not going to play them and you move him, I again, I think that's a very nice pickup for the Miami Heat. And then the Kings uh, make a minor deal picking up guard Terrence Davis from Toronto for a second-round pick. But when you look at Harrison Barnes, when you look at Buddy Heald, you know, there had been a lot of talk about both those players leading up to the trade deadline. And obviously, it did not make sense for Sacramento, so they did not pull the trigger. But I really believe the Kings wanted to move Buddy Heald. They just couldn't do it. You know, I don't know what the market is for Buddy, but he is going to stay with the Sacramento Kings. Now, as I record this podcast, uh, the Kings still have to make two cuts from the roster. They're over the maximum number of players. So uh, it would be a minor, minor subtraction. But uh, I just wanted to put that in as I'm recording this. I don't have those names just yet. So, you know, if you're a fan of the Kings, nothing earth shattering. You know, again, you, you send two players that you can live without. You pick up a, a couple of players that may, may, I underline may be able to help your bench. Uh, for the stretch run, but nothing earth shattering from the Sacramento Kings. All right, let's go over some of the other deals. How about Orlando? Wow. How about the Orlando Magic and emptying out their roster? All right. Nikola Vucevic, all right, goes to the Chicago Bulls with Alfarik Amino. They get Otto Porter, they get Wendell Carter, and two first round picks 2021 and 2023. I love Vucevic. That is a nice pickup for the Chicago Bulls. You put him and Zach Levine on the floor together. You know, I know that they were very interested in trying to get Lonzo Ball, who, by the way, was not moved at the trade deadline. So uh, he stays with New Orleans. Uh, He was being rumored to be on the move, possibly to L.A. It did not happen. And when I mean L.A., I'm talking about the Lakers. Uh, That's where he started his NBA career. And then Orlando, they put... Aaron Gordon on the move. Gordon had requested a deal earlier in the week, and he ends up in Denver for Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a first-round pick. I love this move for Denver. I think Aaron Gordon's going to be tremendous there. I think that is a big-time pickup uh, for the Denver Nuggets. You take a look at Orlando now. Boy, oh, boy, they're going to be loaded with draft picks if they draft well. You know, maybe – they can start to climb back up. But they lost some very good players, uh, particularly Vucevic. The guy's an all-star. He is the real deal. And then Orlando wasn't done yet. They sent Evan Fournier to Boston uh, for draft picks. So how about that? Vucevic, Gordon, Fournier. No longer on the Orlando Magic. Then you take a look at what Houston did right at the deadline. They moved Victor Oladipo to Miami for Avery Bradley, and Kelly Olynyk. Now, here's a couple of teams that stayed pat. We heard a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry. 
And a lot of people thought that Lowry would be on the move. You know, we heard the Lakers. We heard Miami. And, you know, if you have Kyle Lowry on your team for the stretch drive, if you're a contender, maybe that puts you over the top. But the Raptors were unable to make a move that made sense. So Lowry stays in Toronto. You know, he was huge, obviously, two years ago when they won the championship, beating the Golden State Warriors. He is still a heck of a player. He's a heck of a player. The Pelicans send J.J. Redick and Nicolo Melli to the Mavericks. The Pels get back James Johnson, uh, Wesson Wandu, and a second-round pick. You know, Redick's not having a good year. But with the way the Mavericks spread the floor and with the way Luka passes, uh, I could see Redick, you know, maybe refining himself there in Dallas. That could be a nice move. You know, the Mavs are not exactly, you know, destroying teams. You know, they're eighth in the West. They, to me, have been, you know, disappointing. Now, they're starting to play a little better. But right now, you know, they're at the bottom of the playoff race in the Western Conference. Now, here's what you need to keep your eye on if you're looking at moves in the NBA. The Spurs were unable to move LaMarcus Aldridge, and word is they're going to reach a buyout. Don't be surprised to see Aldridge end up in Miami. Now, if you think of Miami adding a good shooter in Nemanja Bialica, adding Victor Oladipo, if they can sign Aldridge for the stretch run, I think that's going to be huge for them. The other player to look for is Andre Drummond. He is working a buyout with Cleveland, and it looks like he is going to sign with the L.A. Lakers. Now, with the Lakers, you know we all know what the deal is there. It's about health. And if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not healthy when the playoffs start, they're not going anywhere. They need both those guys, and they need them very healthy. Now, as far as LeBron goes with the high ankle sprain, do I think he's going to be 100% this year? I do not, okay? But I don't think, and again, as long as they've got time on their side, you know, LeBron will still be very good. I don't think with a high ankle sprain and how the game is played that that's just going to be fine and dandy for the playoffs. So keep an eye on that. But Andre Drummond, most people feel, will be on his way to the L.A. Lakers. So I'll ask you, who do you think now made the best moves, particularly in the Western Conference? All right. Does Rajon Rondo going to the Clippers make a difference to them? And by a difference, I mean, do they get the the playoff caliber Rajon Rondo? I mean, he can't stay in, in a city. He gets moved all over the place. I mean, you think about all the teams he's been on since he played for the Boston Celtics. But he goes to a veteran team. Will Rondo be the answer for the Clippers and and put them right up near the top? And by top, I mean give them a legitimate chance to come out of the Western Conference. I'm not so sure about that. You know, they lose Lou Williams. He goes to Atlanta. Uh the Lakers could not get Kyle Lowry. If they can get Andre Drummond, that's going to be a big help. But as I said, you got to have LeBron. You got to have AD healthy. I like what Denver did. I really do. I, I think Aaron Gordon, with the way Michael Malone plays, I think he could be a big 
time addition for the Denver Nuggets. I like that move a lot. And, you know, and again, you look at certain teams, they're like, okay, they're loading up. They're in a rebuild mode like Orlando. All they wanted really was draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. You know, yes, they got a, a few players back in return, obviously Otto Porter and Wendell Carter. But think about this, two first-round picks, 2021 and 2023 for the Orlando Magic. So, you know, again, there were some other moves. I'm just touching on and highlighting on a couple of them. But, you know, if you're a fan of the Kings, I don't think you can be any more disappointed than you already have been. They try to move some players, starters, namely the two and the three positions. And, you know, the deals weren't there. The deals were not there. Well, I, I would assume the deals were not there because if they were, I think they would have moved Buddy Heald. Harrison Barnes, I'm not so sure of. But I think they were really trying to move Buddy Heald. No takers for Buddy. So that's the recap on the trade deadline from a day ago. You know, the one thing I have tried to do on my podcast is have really good guests. I've tried to not only be entertaining, but I've also tried to be educational. And, you know, I've made a point to really stress communication and listening to people that don't look like you, don't talk like you. And I did a podcast back in January, I believe, maybe early February, probably early February, about V, the uh, 39-year-old African-American gal. And what a phenomenal friendship that we have now, just from, you know, being in, a, in, in the right place at the right time and striking up a conversation with a stranger. And I've encouraged you, I've encouraged you to just reach out and and do the same thing. And I really tried doing that. And I, let me give you a little background here. And when I mean background, the difference between living in Sacramento and Florida. In Sacramento, everybody knew who I was. So it was very difficult to just go up and meet, for lack of a better term, a stranger. Because generally speaking, that person already knew who I was, maybe had a pre preconceived notion about me, had watched me on TV or listened to me on the radio or what have you. And so they already, in their mind, feel like they, they knew me, okay? And I'm not saying every single person in Sacramento knew me, but quite honestly, most people did. So, like, if I were going to just be in a restaurant, let's say, and I was going to strike up a conversation with somebody, that person, generally speaking, already knew me. So the conversation would not be the same. In Florida, nobody knows me, okay? And when I meet somebody, they have no idea about what I do for a living. They have no idea about my background. They don't know anything, okay? So it's a whole different dynamic for me in Florida. And so when I strike up a conversation with an individual, the question that comes about eventually is, you know, what do you do for a living? Or why are you, why'd you move from California? And that's just a natural progression when you meet somebody. So I was at the same restaurant 
that I met V back in February. And uh, I was talking with a gentleman that works at the restaurant. He's a waiter. And his name is Hector. And his girlfriend is a bartender at this restaurant. And her name is Francesca. So I was talking to Francesca. It was kind of busy. There there was an event at this restaurant last Saturday night. And I was talking with Hector, but it was busy. So it was a very quick conversation. So I saw a lady that was introduced to me as a friend of V's. And all I did was say, hey, how are you? She goes, good. How are you tonight? I go, I'm good. I go, how you been? And there was a, a, a gentleman sitting next to her, and he was eating a Caesar salad, and he had uh, grilled chicken on it. And I said, man, the Caesar salads here are great, huh? And he goes, oh, man, I tell you, I love this. This is the first time I've been in here. And he was black. At the time, I thought he was about 30 years old. And we just started talking. And he had just finished his Caesar salad. And we just started, you know, shooting the breeze. And I asked him if he lived on the island. I live on an island. He says, yes, I do. He said, I moved here in September. I go, no kidding. I moved here in September too. And he said, where'd you move from? I go, California. I go, where'd you move from? And he said, I moved here from Seattle. And I'm like, wow, no kidding. I go, that's something else. And we just started talking. And then the conversation came up of him going to college at Eastern Michigan. And I'm like, oh, wow, I went to college at Bowling Green. And Bowling Green and Eastern Michigan were in the MAC, the Mid-American Conference. And so we sat there and we talked for, I don't know, 25 or 30 minutes. And there was a two-piece band in the bar lounge area. So I said, hey, do you want to go outside and have a beer? And he goes, yeah, I would love to. Let me, let me grab this and I'll meet you out there. So I went out, grabbed the table, right? up against the wall outside the restaurant. And we sat there for maybe two hours. Really, we sat there for two hours. And he asked me about why I moved from California. And I shared my story with him. And he just was like, wow. He was like, wow. And I said, well, why don't you tell me about why you moved here from Seattle? And But I go, you know, you played football at Eastern Michigan? He said, yeah. And he told me what happened when he was at Eastern Michigan. And it was just an absolutely fascinating story. Fascinating. And I'm going to read you some excerpts from an article that he wrote about his experience there. And he now is in management working for Amazon in Miami. And it was just fascinating to hear his story. And what was fascinating about it as he was telling him his story is that he and I had a lot of parallels to what happened to us. He was canceled in a different fashion than I was, but he was canceled. And not only was he canceled, but he had certain friends that did not stick up for him. And we talked about that. And we had a lot in common. Well, he wrote this article 
that was published on June 6th. I got fired from the radio station and resigned from the Kings on June 2nd. All right? So think about this. Four days apart, he wrote this. And I'm going to pick up after the first paragraph. I am a 25-year-old black man, and I am proud. I have experienced things in my short time of life that my white counterparts could only imagine as my phone rings. Let me start up then because that's very important. Lesson 101, Grant, when you're doing a podcast, have your phone on mute. I am a 25-year-old black man, and I am proud. I have experienced things in my short time of life that my white counterparts could only imagine. I have had police guns pointed to my head and handcuffed on the ground because I was mistaken as a gang member at 15. In high school, I was dismissed from the football team junior year for publicly condemning my white coaches' systematic ways of robbing young men of their dreams and opportunities to play at the next level by hiding college mail from coaches and dismissing players with no explanation. Just a little footnote, he grew up in Philadelphia. He went on and wrote, I was found to be right and was reinstated my senior year, but I still lost several schools' recruitment during that time off. This was the first time I was labeled a troublemaker. During the matriculation at my first university, I fought for inclusion and diversity for my black teammates, and it fell upon deaf ears. I told the coach that many black players, like myself, was not motivated by watching certain white movies before games as the movie's message he was trying to teach did not resonate with most of the black men on the team. Again, he played football his first couple of years at Eastern Michigan University. He went on and wrote, I was told, I saw boys in the hood, I understand your culture. At the time, I did not know I was fighting for inclusion. The 20-year-old me just knew that my black teammates and I wanted to hear the music we liked, watch the movies we could relate to, and bring our authentic selves to the locker room without fear of being labeled a troublemaker. I watched one by one as the system strategically eliminated many young black men on the team while putting white teammates at an advantage. From the differing severity of punishment for the same offenses to exclusion of black voices at the decision tables, I watched and understood for the first time how a system could not fail those who it never meant to protect. I stood up for my teammates, and I volunteered to do the intense 5 a.m. punishment workouts with my teammates who were unjustly punished by this system. I tried to start dialogues with my coaches on how black players were afraid to be themselves, but I was eventually called into a meeting with a coach and was told that I was a troublemaker that stirred the pot too much and that you will never play it down here no matter how hard you work. You might as well transfer. The moment was one of the toughest pills I ever had to swallow. This was the first time I had experienced a blatant act of oppression. 
I was eventually dismissed from the team, and most of my teammates only kept in contact with me through secrecy and fear they would face the same fate if they seemed like they went against the system. My 3.5 GPA couldn't save me. My heavy community involvement couldn't save me. All the panels I was asked to speak on to bring recruits to the university couldn't save me. All the Lego castles I built and relationships I formed with terminally ill children at the local children's hospital couldn't save me. The fact that I was early in class every day and never late to practice couldn't save me. The fact that the only trouble I got in during my three years of college was having a drink on my 21st birthday that I confessed to, which broke team policy for drinking on a weekday, couldn't save me. Here I was trying to be the perfect black man for my white coaches, seeking validation out of fear that I too wouldn't be disenfranchised, but that held no weight once I was labeled a troublemaker. I learned at an early age that the harder you fought as a black man against antiquated unjust systems, the more you faced losing your livelihood, the more your character would be defamed, and the more friends you would lose. I had the option to keep my full scholarship and continue as a student because I was unjustly dismissed from the team, but I chose to walk away from it and finish my education at a HBCU, which turned out to be one of the best decisions in my life. As I juxtapose the culmination of experiences from my playing days and my corporate career, I see many similarities. But I'm here to tell my brothers and sisters to have courage. Have courage to push boundaries, ask tough questions, help destruct, redesign, and rebuild broken systems. And lastly, be proud of who you are. We too often fear that we will be blackballed if we speak out. And those fears are valid because I have experienced it multiple times in my life. But to be intimidated into conformity and not stand up against injustice only perpetuates these situations and broken status quos. I live by this James Baldwin quote. Not everything that is faced can be changed. But nothing can be changed until it is faced. Now more than ever, it's the time to stand up and face the inequities we face as black people in America if we want to move forward as a nation, even if you face the ultimate faith of being labeled a troublemaker. What a phenomenal article he shared with me, sent that to me after we had talked for a couple of hours. And I always go back to this because I'm trying to not only, as I said, have great guests and be entertaining, but we're living in really troubled times in this country. We really are. I experienced cancer culture. David experienced cancer culture on a whole different level than me. We experienced a lot of the same things. It was fascinating to talk to somebody that I just met who is only 26 years old, Northeast guy like me. I grew up in New York. He grew up in Philadelphia. Big Eagles fan. So we had a lot of fun going back and forth with the Eagles and the Giants. But towards the end of the conversation, I said, I've never seen you in here before. 
meaning that restaurant. And he said, yeah, you know, I've walked by here uh, a couple of times and I've, I looked in through the windows and by windows, it's uh, really kind of like it's all windows. So if you walk by the restaurant, you can see everything. And he told me, he goes, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable walking in. And I go, why is that? And he goes, I just never really saw black people in this restaurant. And I just, he, and, and he said, he says, let me explain something to you. He goes, just walking around the island. I get people looking at me all the time. And I'm like, no kidding. He said, yeah, you know, I have to smile. And if I have a mask on, he goes, you know, I deal with that every single day. And I was just like, wow. I go, explain that to me. And he did. And I said, well, what made you walk into the restaurant tonight? And he said, well, I had promised the individual that I would be at their event. And I don't want to break a promise. And I said, you know, how awesome is it that you walked into the restaurant that we were able to meet? And then as we were sitting outside, the most amazing thing happened. A guy walks out of the restaurant and he says something to us and we start talking to him. And he says, where are you guys from? And I say, well, I just moved from California. David goes, I'm from Philadelphia. He goes, no kidding, I'm from Philadelphia too. This guy was 60, I think, two years old. David played quarterback in high school. This guy, you want to talk about a small world, played quarterback at the chief rival of David's high school. Now think about that for a minute. We just sitting there talking to people. This guy was a quarterback 40 years earlier at the chief rival of the high school that David went to. And it was so fun for me to just sit there and listen to him go back and forth about all the schools that they played. And, and it was just, it was incredible. And so after the gentleman left and got in his car, I said, you know, David, I go, think about the decision you made to walk in here tonight, that we met, that you would have never met this guy. And he goes, you know, it was one of the best moves I've made since I moved to Florida. And then the ne- I said, well, you know, I'm going to brunch with some people tomorrow. I would really like you to join us. He goes, yeah, you know, I got, I got a busy day on Monday and I've got to prepare for work. I said, okay. I said, I just want to let you know that you're more than welcome. And we hung out for about another 45 minutes or so. And then he left, lived about, 200 yards from there. And then he sends me a text message as soon as he got home and said, you know what? I'm going to join you tomorrow. What time are you? What time? I said, just meet us down here at 11 o'clock. I spent seven hours with him on Sunday. And it's amazing because at the table that we were having brunch at outside, there was another couple that joined us. The gal was from Trinidad. The guy also was from Trinidad, but lived over in London, a black couple. I was with another gentleman who had come up for the weekend from Orlando, uh, played basketball in Europe. I didn't ask his age, but I was, I'm guessing in his 50s, uh, about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, six, uh, you know, I take that back, 6'9", black guy. Uh, I was with V, obviously, 39-year-old black woman. She prefers African-Americans, so V, I apologize. And we sat for 
maybe two of the seven hours because Fee goes, why don't you tell Trish and Steve your story? They were from Trinidad. So I told them my story, and she said she could not believe that I lost my career over All Lives Matter, every single one. And we had just a phenomenal conversation. Again, basically strangers, just met them. And we had just the incredible conversation. And they were getting ready to catch a flight. They were leaving for Playa del Carmen in Mexico, and they had a 4 o'clock flight. So they only stayed for about 90 minutes. And before they left, she goes, you know, it's so awesome to have these type of conversations. And I said, well, I have a podcast. And I said, I actually talk about this from time to time about just going out and talking to strangers and talking about, you know, important issues. And I told her, I said, you know, since the George Floyd murder, even before I lost my job, I've had more meaningful conversations about race than I've had in my entire life. And I explained to her, I go, listen, I was in the NBA for 32 years. I've been around predominantly African-American men my whole life. I said, I did it for 32 years. And I said, you know what, guys? I said, when we went out and I was out with these guys all the time, we didn't talk about race. You know, we were talking about the game the night before. We were talking about the next game. We were talking about how crappy the flight was and how bad the food was on the flight and so on and so forth. I said, we didn't talk about these things. And I just want you to know, because I am really going to continue to preach this. And I listen, I'm not sitting here saying I'm God and I'm perfect and, you know, look at me. That's not the point of me doing this. The point is that I've had some phenomenal experiences of meeting people since I've moved here because nobody knows me. And it's so authentic and genuine. And you start from scratch because nobody knows me. Nobody knows my background. Nobody's seen me on TV before. Nobody's listened to me on the radio before. And so when I meet David, who's 26, okay, and we sit down and we start talking to each other and he tells me his story and I tell him my story and we end up for hours just talking And then we spend seven hours together the next day. Like, you know what? Doesn't get any better than that. It it just doesn't get any better than that. And I'm open here. I'm 61 years old. I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know, I'm not saying I still don't have things to learn. But I told David this. I said, you know, David, I go, you taught me something tonight. I said, I would have never in a million years looked at you having your salad at the bar and ever thought to myself, gee, what was it like for him to walk into this restaurant where the majority of people were white? Never entered my mind. And he explained it to me and told me that he lives with that every single day. I live on an island and the circumference of the, of the walk around the island is a mile. He goes, I walk, I, you know, I've, and I said to him, I go, yeah, I've seen you walking before. He goes, listen, he goes, I get, I, you wouldn't believe the stairs and the looks I get. And I said to him, I go, I go, you know, I go, I see a lot of black people walking the island. I see Asians. I see all, I see all kinds of ethnicities. He said, yeah, but you don't get it. And I said, no, I don't. I don't get it. And I said, that's why I love the fact that you're being open and explaining that to me. So 
you know, again, life is about exploring and really finding out how other people live and what they go through. And I, I've, I've been reading a lot of quotes on my podcast the last couple of weeks, and I don't have to go over them uh, again. If you're a regular listener to If You Don't Like That, y- you know what I'm talking about. But I'll just tell you, and I'm, I'm going to say this again. Go out and talk to a stranger. Again, I've done it now twice. I've done it more than twice, but I've done it twice in the last two months. And I now have two really important people that I now consider really good friends of mine. David and I are going to get together this weekend again. We're going to hang out. And, you know, I've seen and talked to V a number of times. And I consider her a dear friend of mine. I believe that I will stay in touch with David forever. Like, I believe that the friendship that started last weekend at this restaurant will be one that continues for the rest of my life. That's great. And I I just love it. And so when I talk about not being in Sacramento anymore, I miss Sacramento. I miss it dearly. I miss a lot of things about Sacramento. I really do. I miss the people. I miss the interaction with the fans. I miss a lot of things. But you know what I don't miss? I don't miss not being a public figure anymore. I don't miss that. I, 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 for the first time in my adult life, I'm just another person that nobody knows, walking into a restaurant, walking down the street, whatever the case may be. And when I go and I meet somebody or I get into a conversation, there's no preconceived, preconceived notions. There's no, like, I know you. And I love that. Because then you can really reach out and touch somebody and vice versa. So I'm going to say it one more time. Just start a conversation with a stranger and you will be absolutely blown away how much you have in common with that person. Here's David at the bar having a salad, black guy. And by the way, I asked the question because I'm asking this. I said, I told him about, you know, asking V whether she would like to be called black or African-American. And she said African-American because my dad's from Nigeria. And I asked David the same question. And you know what he said? He goes, no, I want to be preferred as black. And he goes, listen, if you call me Dave instead of David, it's not going to kill me. If you refer to me as African-American, it's the same as Dave or David, but I prefer black. And you might ask me, why do I, why is that important to me? It's not important to me. It's important to me that I understand the difference because I was watching Emmanuel Acho, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. And he was asked, you know, how would he like to be referred to? And how do you refer to a, a, of a person, a, a person of color? And he said, black, well, V told me African-American, David told me black. And again, if you're going to have conversations, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable, I like to know these things. That's why I asked. But anyway, phenomenal, phenomenal weekend again. Uh, I just wanted you to read the article called Troublemaker uh, by David because, man, meeting him was absolutely 
absolutely phenomenal. All right, it is now time for our Q&A. And the Q&A is easy to find. You just go to CrowdUltra. That's right, CrowdUltra.com. Sign up. And maybe, just maybe, I'll answer your question right here on the podcast. All right, let's get to today's questions. Brendan wants to know, is Draymond delusional saying he's the best defender in NBA history? I wouldn't say he's delusional, but I would say he's wrong. <laughs> how's, how's that sound, okay? I wouldn't say he's delusional, but I would say that he's absolutely wrong. Luke wants to know, how has your life gotten better since you were canceled? Canceled in quotation marks. You know, Luke, I just spent a lot of time, I think, talking about that. Um, I, I think I went into that. so. I appreciate your question. It's gotten better because I've been able to form some amazing friendships that I don't know if I would have been able to have if I had stayed in Sacramento. Because again, and I'm, I'm, this isn't being egotistical. It's not. It's just fact. Everyone knows me there. So, in that sense, my life's gotten better that way. It really. And that's a great question. Reed wants to know: Will Dan Snyder? Buying out all other Washington football team owners make the team better or worse. It won't make it better. I, I think Daniel Snyder's a terrible owner. So I don't think it will make it better. All right, we move on. Alex wants to know, will Deshaun Watson make it past the 13 accusations he's facing? It's now 16. And I've been very consistent on this. I'm going to wait for all the facts to come out. You've got both sides, both opposing attorneys, and they're saying completely different things. I do think 16 different women in three different states, could they really be conspiring, all of them, against Deshaun Watson? I mean, is it possible? I guess it's possible. But think about that. 16 women in three different states all saying the same thing about Watson. But again, stay tuned. All right, uh, we move on. Jackson wants to know, do you think the idea of the MLB monitoring pitcher spin rates? Well, the whole thing is they're monitoring the baseball and they're looking for foreign substances on the ball. And yeah, I don't even care anymore with that. I really don't. I really don't. Uh, Kevin wants to know, how do you think Daniel Jones will mesh with uh, the two new receivers that he received? You know, it will help him. They got to get a better offensive line, though. Andre wants to know, does James Dolan deserve to be as hated as he is? I hate to use the word hated. So how about if we say disliked? Okay, because hated to me is a very strong word. So how about if we change the word hated to disliked? Yeah, he does deserve it. Yes, he does. He's a terrible owner. He's been a terrible owner for a long time. So I get it. I absolutely get it. All right, let's move along. Uh, Josh wants to know, will Deshaun Watson play this upcoming season? Not if these accusations are true, he won't. Not in my opinion. Chris wants to know, do I feel bad for Steven Silas? Yeah, I do feel bad for him. Because I heard nothing but great things about him as a coach, and he's got no chance with this team. I hope that they stick with him and give him some good players to work with. But, yeah, I do. I do feel bad for him. I really do. All right. uh, Chase wants to know, will Aldridge and Drummond get traded? Well, they didn't get traded. They're right now trying to get a buyout, and I think Aldridge will end up in Miami and Drummond will end up in L.A., with the Lakers. Tim wants to know how important was Elgin Baylor to the game of basketball? How about huge? He was absolutely huge. 
And for those of you listening that were just are currently too young or did not get a chance to see Elgin Baylor play, boy, oh boy, was he absolutely phenomenal. It's time for Brent, 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 Brent. Today's rant is brought to you by New Works Plumbing, locally owned in Sacramento for 20 years. Leak detection, water line repair, bathroom plumbing. New Works Plumbing is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problems, they've got a fix for you. Their expert technicians are available 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs. Just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Well, here we go again. I thought I was done with this when Marvin Bagley broke his hand. But how stupid am I to think that we would not hear from Team Bagley? Yesterday morning at about 10.30, Team Bagley, run by Marvin Bagley's father, put out a tweet with five emojis of the prayer sign. That's right, five prayer emojis. He quickly deleted it. But the point was made as Mr. Bagley was praying that his son Marvin would get traded yesterday, but he didn't get traded. Mr. Bagley, in all due respect, sir, let me give you the harsh reality of the situation right now. The majority of Sacramento Kings fans wish that your son was traded yesterday. And the biggest reason for that is they want you out of town. Because they're sick and tired of your childish, immature, asinine, stupid tweets. Okay? Because what you have done is you've taken a fine young man in Marvin, a guy that I have a lot of respect for, and you, sir, have made it almost impossible for him to thrive with the fans in Sacramento. Because you, sir, are just freaking immature. All right? So... I can tell you this, the majority of Kings fans that I've heard from, that I've seen on social media, also were praying. They were praying that you would get out of Sacramento because they don't want you in Sacramento bad-mouthing the franchise anymore. They're done with it. And so I cannot believe that you were stupid enough to do that yesterday on social media. You must have realized how stupid it was because you quickly deleted it. But the damage had already been done. So now Marvin Bagley will stay on the Sacramento Kings until at least the end of this year. And then Kings fans, once again, when we get to the summertime, will pray just like you were praying that you, sir, will get the hell out of town. And that's my rant for today. Hey, folks, really appreciate you listening to this podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. And coming up on Monday on the No Filter Network. That's right, No Filter Network. I am going to be live with Will the Thrill. That's right, Will Clark is going to join me at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific on Monday Then on Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, I'm going to record a podcast on No Filter Network with Brian Urlacher. So mark that down Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, live interview, No Filter Network with the great Will Clark.
Hey, folks, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, would really appreciate it if you just take a moment, rate the podcast, and leave a comment. And don't forget about my video rants over on YouTube as well. Hope you really enjoyed today's podcast. And again, this weekend, go out and say hello to a stranger. Strike up a conversation. You might be surprised how much you have in common with that individual. Thanks, as always, for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.